0: Welcome to Intimacy Play, a podcast by Pleasy Play. We host open discussions with world-leading experts on couples, sex and intimacy, so you can build a more exciting, fun and intimate relationship. I'm your host, Michaela Silva. So hi, Kate. Today we are with Kate Moyle. Uh, She is a sex therapist, sexual uh, health coach as well. Am I introducing you incorrectly, I believe, actually?
1: Uh, Yeah, so I am a psychosexual and relationship therapist, and I'm
0: also a psychosexologist. So much better. You have so many uh, amazing uh, things that you do. Could you tell us a little bit more of exactly what you do and how you help people?
1: Yeah, so essentially I am a talking therapist. So psychosexual therapy is talking therapy, which specifically focuses on working with sex and relationships as the kind of primary presenting issue. So I work with people of all ages from, you know, eighteen to a hundred, um, covering anything from sexual dysfunction, sexual anxieties, relationship difficulties, difficulties with intimacy, fears around sexual experience, um sexual trauma, difficulties as a result of medications or operations or health. Um really desire, orgasm, I mean really there, there is no kind of end to where the conversations can go, where they can start, but the, the focus is on the relational sexual aspect and then aside from that I work with brands as I suppose a sexual wellness consultant, so I work with brands kind of developing products in this space and I run a podcast called The Sexual Wellness Sessions.
0: Right. I mean, you've, you do loads of things, which is so exciting. <laughs> you know, you talked about a topic that was very interesting. So you said you help couples talking about sex and relationships. How can actually uh, sex and relationship, how these two uh, react? So is it a different thing? Is, is, is one intimately connect, connected to the other? Because I believe they're very often uh, misunderstood as a pact.
1: Yeah, so I often talk about the fact that sex and intimacy are not synonymous. They don't mean the same thing. But quite often in society, we kind of assume that they do. Um, we, we assume that if people have a great sex life, that they must be intimate. And if they're intimate, they must have a great sex life. And it just isn't the case. And we know that sex it can be a form of intimacy, but actually there are plenty of other ways in which couples connect. Um, I'm a separately qualified psychosexual and relationship therapist specifically because I wanted to be able to work with both challenges, issues, difficulties, problems, however you want to describe it, kind of under one roof. I didn't want to have to separate out discussions about either affecting the other.
0: Makes total sense. Actually, when you said that it's not a synonymous um, sex and intimacy, so how can couples be more intimate and not just with sex? So a colleague of mine, um,
1: Dr. Karen Gurney, talks about increasing sexual currency in relationships. And I think that it, it's a phrase I <laughs> wish I'd come up with myself, to be honest, because it's genius, actually, it's brilliant. And she talks about it in relation to improving desire. But what it is, is it's improving those moments of connection, those showing of affection, that connecting with each other, whether it's... Um, kind of more eye contact or like a touch on the bum as you go past each other or a kiss or a checking in. Or... So connection, intimacy can come in lots of ways, trust being an element, but also in non-physical ways, things like eye contact, communication, giving each other your undivided attention, listening, feeling understood. And really intimacy is about what makes that relationship more connected or, you know, deeper and it's about understanding and kind of being fully yourselves with each other in a way that we're not necessarily able to in in other relationships
0: i love that description and yeah i can definitely relate and understand that you know even the small touches and the small gestures can mean a lot and do you think that intimacy can actually help relationships uh, and build relationships in uh, better in, in the future Absolutely. I think intimacy is the kind of core pillar of
1: couple relationships, whether they've been together, you know, whether they've been together a month or whether they've been together a year. And I think that what we understand is it's about connection. And it's something that we're seeing is happening very differently in the modern world we live in because of technology, people connect in other ways. Um, But it's absolutely, I think you know, at at our core as humans, you know, we see that eye contact is important in caregiver baby connections that touch plays an important role. And so we can understand that it's fundamentally there, you know, since birth. Definitely.
0: And how do you think that uh, mindful sex comes into this? Because I mean, you talk a lot about mindful sex and how that can help relationships. Can you, can you help us get through uh, what, what exactly it means and how it does help? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So when we talk about mindful sex, we're not talking about the act of sex per se being different. We're talking about how we engage with sex as an act being different. So, mindful sex, in a nutshell, is kind of being in the moment, taking the experience moment by moment, and doing that in a kind of compassionate, non-judgmental headspace. Um, so, I recently interviewed Dr. Laurie Brotto, who is the head, kind of, well, the the leader. I suppose of research in this space and you know what her research has shown is that mindfulness techniques can reduce sexual pain can change people's experience with sexual functioning she worked with people who had been through cancer and were trying to kind of recover their sex lives after that and that actually it can change our experience of sex now what we would argue is that the world we live in currently is and you know ever more so kind of with the lockdown and the current situation we find ourselves in is very distracting. We are constantly being notified. We're constantly kind of having our attention pulled in various directions. We don't necessarily switch off or have a change of context or a change of scene. And all of these things prevent us from being in the moment. We've become serial multitaskers without really realizing it. And that can be
0: tricky for our sex lives. Definitely. So how can a couple actually get started with mindful sex? What are very specific th- tips that you can give somebody that has never tried mindful sex before?
1: Yeah. So the first thing I would say is there's a really brilliant TED talk um, by Diana Richardson, and she's talking all about mindful sex. Start with something like that. Understand what you're talking about as a first step, because <clears throat> it's interesting like conceptually, but you know, for a lot of us, I think mindfulness is a fairly new word across the last few years and we're like oh what does that mean it just means be in the moment but how do I do that and so understanding kind of how we do that is essentially it is we are channeling our attention in a particular direction but without judgment and when it comes to sex there tends to be a lot of judgment a lot of fears about what does this mean how does this make me feel what is my partner thinking how am I feeling um is this going to work? How do you, what is, does this mean that this person is going to think of me tomorrow? You know, all of this stuff that we have going on. And really it's about us sitting in the moment being like, I'm enjoying this sensation. This is feeling good. So a really basic way of trying to connect with mindfulness at least initially is using your senses. So running through your senses helps to ground you in the moment because it, it is impossible to be fully engaged with all your senses and the experience you're having and also be distracted at the same time.
0: Okay. So if I understand correctly, if I wanted to try this, uh, let's say t- tonight, could I maybe use a blindfold on my partner and then just allow him to feel the touch? Would that help uh, in enhancing the senses and making sure that this, this experiences a lot more mindfulness?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So using something like a sensory prop, like a blindfold can help because when we shut down one sense, the other senses become heightened. And so particularly if you're someone who, again, might find kind of visual things distracting. So it takes away a way of you being distracted. But it's more about kind of noticing. So noticing like, what do you see? What do you feel? What do you taste? What do you hear? What do you smell? So noticing, for example, your partner's kiss and the sensation that it is, the taste that it might have, the sound that it might make. So really kind of diverting your attention in that direction. And when we do that and we give something our full attention, essentially what we can do is turn up the volume on the sensations that we are experiencing. But playing with the senses is a very good way of engaging techniques into a more playful um, sexual experience or style of sexual experience, which can bring about that. Noticing in a different way.
0: I totally understand. I just think that maybe it's it's something that's very hard for most people. Like you said before, we are constantly being nudged with notifications. We're constantly thinking about work, about kids. I mean, I've I love to um have a relaxing time in my day. And I would love to actually meditate, but I don't think I've gotten to that point because constantly during if it's guided meditation, I'm okay. Uh, kind of. But if it's something that it's only for me, I spend most of the time thinking, please don't think, please don't think, uh, think about something else. So how can we help couples actually exit that uh, scenario where you're saying, you know, focus on the kiss, focus on on the sensations while you're actually focusing on trying to focus?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think in itself, you have kind of targeted some of the problem, which is we are finding it increasingly difficult to switch off to turn on. And especially in, for example, what the year that 2020 we all know has been, we haven't had a shift of context. There's been no change of scene. We have worked and lived and coupled and parented all in the same space. And so we're kind of looking around and we are looking at the work we have to do and the mess from the kids. And we've not been able to go to the gym, which might be our new normal outlet or socialize or see friends. And there is no shift in context which can help us to psychologically shift our headspace into a more sexual space so then it is even more difficult you know how do we cue ourselves to get into a sexual space if there is nothing there that we're finding sexing nothing there that's helping us to feel cued, I suppose and um I think that in helping couples or recognizing that the biggest thing, and this is one of the biggest things that I think therapy gives people is permission So permission to you know, shut the door, put our phones away, turn everything off and give each other our undivided attention. Now we just don't do that for the rest of our lives at the moment. You know, we don't really have undivided attention. Most of us are working at home, say, on a laptop with our phones next to us, getting notifications on our phone. Um, You know, we've got a child running around or the phone rings or the door goes or, you know, social media notifications. And we don't necessarily, we've lost, there's a blurring of boundaries around the nine to five model of working that used to exist. And that has also leaked into us not necessarily having time out or time off or me time. And then we have to learn as couples, to prioritize that space. So to give ourselves that couple time with no distractions and to give ourselves permission to do that. And that's something that's hard because although the benefit might be, you know, an improvement to our relationship or nurturing our relationship or ongoing work in our relationship, it doesn't necessarily give us a kind of um, immediate, like, tick box feeling or satisfaction feeling it might do but for some of us it might just be a sense of feeling closer or feeling more connected or feeling more intimate and that can be more subjective and feed into our general relationship well-being it's more of a practice than it is a um kind of
0: um call a direct act and then results I understand, but since since you're saying that you know the, that is the hard part actually turning off um, to everybody that's listening to us is there is there like a thirty day challenge we could we could tell uh, that people can try to try and actually tone tone down and and switch off because it takes thirty days to um, actually gain a habit. So could we, could we somehow say, you know, try this for five minutes a day and this will help you switch off or this will help you. It, it, it doesn't need to be uh, specifically mindful sex, but how can we actually help everybody to have five minutes a day and switch off and switch on other things as well? Yeah, I think
1: that there are numerous ways that experts talk about doing it. So um, I believe it's the Gottmans talked about a five-second kiss So for example, when you kiss your partner, do it with intentionality that it's five seconds rather than a quick peck on the cheek or a quick peck on the lips and off you go. So the intention is you let that moment happen. We talk about savouring, which is kind of really being in the moment, noticing everything, enjoying it a bit like we would a really delicious meal. Um, But I think that the important thing is if it's five minutes a day, it's intention and attention. So... For example saying to your partner okay what we're going to do is when we wake up in the mornings we're going to roll over and have a hug for a minute before we look at our phones before we get out of bed and do the same before you get out of bed get into bed at night so those moments of connection are I suppose about feeling that you have your partner's attention feeling appreciated feeling loved feeling." intimate and you can do that in a variety of ways you have to make it fit for your routine but for me i love the five second six second kiss and you can do the same a 10 second hug it's enough for you to kind of feel your bodies against each other and it's those little things can actually make quite a lot of difference and you start to notice how you haven't been doing it for a long time
0: it's perfect i actually think you know at least trying 30 days, every day, a five-second kiss and maybe a one-minute hug sounds a great way to start, you know, turning off and turning on at the same time. Mm. I love that. I think another simple thing to do is
1: create some tech-free tech, tree, tech free time. So, for example, you know, no phones on the table at mealtimes or we turn off our phones half an hour before bed or we um, – have one evening a week where our phones go off at 8.30 or 8pm 8 or whatever it is, and we spend the whole evening without distraction, without screens. I think we technology has become kind of the permanent
0: third wheel and it happened without us really noticing. About technology, do you think that there is another type of technology that can actually help? Uh, what I'm actually talking about is sex toys. So I know you are a sex expert for Lelu. Do you think... Do you think sex toys can actually help in mindful sex and in connecting um, couples one to another? Yeah, absolutely. And we know that teledildonics, for
1: example, um, and you know, relationships that are long distance can be connected by sex toys. There are a couple of sex toys that can connect people over distance now, which can be synchronized. Um, but again, it's about sex toys can bring in a different element, help couples to mix up routine, experience different pleasure, different sensations, it can add a more playfulness to a relationship. There absolutely is a place for them. And I think lots of people have anxieties about introducing sex toys, but the way in which you do that is really important. And how you communicate with your partner about it is really important. Just because we have all these narratives as well, that kind of, you know, a sex toy can replace a partner. They, they offer completely different experiences and they can absolutely be used together.
0: And do you have any tips on exactly how to introduce a sex toy in a relationship so that it it doesn't hinder the other parts? Uh, we we've heard, we hear from a lot of our customers saying that they hadn't tried a sex toy before, or that they would like to try but they don't know how to. So an expert like you would be uh, amazing to give some advice on that.
1: Yeah, I often talk to couples about. Talking about it outside of the bedroom, don't talk about it the minute you decide that you want to try it and don't kind of spring it on your partner because you might be the partner who's really excited and really interested and kind of ready to try it, but they might be only hearing about it for the first time when you suddenly introduce it as a concept and they might not be quite ready for it. So I often talk to couples about having a look at a website together. So Lilo is a great example. All the products are very high quality, great material. There's a really massive range. But about sitting down together and being like, okay, well, I like the look of that one, but that one looks a bit scary. I'm not really sure about that one, but that one sounds quite interesting. It's going to start a conversation about what you're both looking for and what you want to try. And then exploring, opening up as something you want to do together. So starting with a positive. This is something really fun. I want to try with you. I think this would be a really exciting thing for us to explore together, not our sex life isn't good enough so we should introduce something else because immediately what that will be met with is feeling of being criticised or defensiveness and you want to have your partner on side and be
0: able to open up that conversation makes total sense. And um, I love the fact that introducing it in a, in a positive way also makes a positive effect in the relationship. Um, uh, and uh, something that I would love to explore is that you actually had a, a TV show, Sex on the Couch. Um, can, you, can you explore a little bit the main uh, issues that couples had and maybe one or two tips on how to avoid them or uh, a solution for them?
1: Yeah, so Sex on the Couch was a BBC series
0: that was run uh,
1: in spring 2019. So there were four of us as therapists working with couples um, on TV, so as we would in couples psychosexual therapy, but just that the couples were being filmed in this instance. Um, And You know, the couples were amazing for breaking the taboo around talking about these things. And as we saw with that series... The couples are all, you know, just like the rest of us or just normal people struggling a bit with sex and relationships, which so many people are. Um, But I think the, the key thing that came back to every session or every discussion was communication. You know, how do we communicate and how do we understand each other? Because when there isn't communication, there is assumption. We trip up over what we think our partner's thinking. So one of the common couple mistakes we see is mind reading. So I think I know what's going on in my partner's head, but that might not be really what's going on in our partner's head, but that's what I think is happening. So that becomes my reality. That becomes my truth. And I think that really understanding how we can be very different as individuals but how we work together and fit together as a couple or as partners or as a thruple or however many people there are in that relationship is about communicating um you know for me one of my I suppose kind of key key corners of my work is that the three important ingredients of a sex life are communication curiosity and lube and what we saw in sex on the couch was exactly that that It was about people's expectations not meeting their reality, them misunderstanding each other, there being feelings of disappointment or rejection or a lack of intimacy. And it all kind of gets mixed up together.
0: I love those three points, Uh, spot on. And, and yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, the, one of the health issues, I'm putting this in quotes, but because it's not really that, but it's definitely lack of intimacy. I think, especially in 2020, like you said, everything is, is being thrown at us and we are getting overwhelmed. So we don't know how to solve it. Um, So how do you, I don't know if you could, if you could give a personal example, but how do you keep your relationship more exciting, intimate and open um, that, that people can replicate? I think it is about
1: communication, really. And, you know, as therapists, of course, we're all, well, I certainly am, you know, hypocritical at times, don't always get it right. But I think that reestablishing contact when you don't get it right is really important and acknowledging that it's always a work in progress, but that doesn't mean it's always work and it's always boring.
0: <laughs> Sounds, sounds great. And do do you think therapy is uh, something that can actually prevent a problem? Because often therapy is seen as a solution to a problem and not as prevention. Uh, how, can, how can therapy be prevention and how can we help couples communicate better uh, with therapy maybe?
1: Yeah, I think it um, absolutely can be prevention and you know, I've absolutely worked with couples before who are coming in recognizing early on that there is a bit of a problem or something that they are misaligned about or something that they want to talk about or they're future-proofing and we can work together. It's, it's kind of different work but there's no um, reason that it's not very effective for people because what you are preventing, with it being preventative, what you are preventing is there being a problem, and then all of the associated difficulties that come with there being a problem, and the repeatedness or the cycle that goes with that. And, you know, we see that lots of institutions, for example, offer premarital therapy or th- premarital um, sessions or courses, and that quite often lots of churches do that or institutions do that with people. So as they're going into the institution of marriage that they've talked about children, money, works, you know, what their ideas about their life are going to look like in order that they put them in a better or stronger foundation for going forward.
0: So I think that's something that's not new. Thank you so much, Kate. I mean, you've given us so much to think about, to act upon. So a uh, five second kiss one minute uh, hug every day for 30 days. I challenge everybody to try this. I'll do it myself as well, uh, because I think it it will definitely help improve, even if you don't think you need to improve your relationship. Um, and uh, I would like to actually to tell everybody if you want to know more about psychosexual uh, and relationship therapy to follow Kate uh, Moyle and, uh, and just get to know a little bit about yourself and about your other half uh, better. Uh, Kate, I would like to uh, ask if you want to add anything to to our conversation.
1: I would just love to say, if people want to know more, that um, my podcast, the first series, has just finished. And we have been talking about everything from desire to mindful sex to erectile dysfunction to infertility to being more sex positive. And each episode is a different interview with a different expert. And for me, sex education happens, happens across the lifetime. And so if there's anything that you are curious about, there are so many great resources and experts now to learn from.
0: Perfect. I've already subscribed by the way. So, um, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> makes total all sense. And that was intimacy play. We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Pleasy and how we can take your relationship to the next level, visit pleasyplay.com. Then also make sure to search for Intimacy Play in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe, so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Pleasy, thank you for listening.